guys, more team. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're ruining it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. And welcome to another episode of BTS. We're broadcasting, or recording this rather, on a Wednesday. It's January 9th. 2019. It's our second of the new year. This one's a little bit different. I, of course, am Art Aronson, your co-host, the co-host of this show. Caleb Kirby. We're sans Caleb Kirby. He's off globetrotting. He's in Japan or China. I can't really remember which one he's going to first. Anyway, he's out there uh, doing God knows what with God knows who. But the show must go on. And uh, since Kerb's out, I brought in a buddy to fill in for him. Uh, my buddy, TJ Moland, who I used to work with at CFAX 1070 here in Victoria. He was a technical producer there. I think he still does some technical producing there, right, TJ? Periodically, yep. Whenever they need someone to fill in on the weekends or whenever mm-hmm. I've got some free time off school. That's good, man. And uh, you were also we were also together. We did a little afternoon uh, uh friday afternoon evening more like on uh cfax 1070 we did uh, a show called the locker room there right right yeah. are you yeah. still do, do you still do that at all no my schedule won't allow for it so i haven't been on the airwaves in a long time but uh, right. i do uh, i do miss getting on there i was back on a bit over the holidays around christmas time got to talk some world juniors that was real fun did you get to catch any of the world juniors i caught a little bit of the early games where canada was blowing out teams mm-hmm. it wasn't that much fun mm-hmm. and then i watched the canada finland game and that was a whole other story that was it disappointed me enough i didn't watch another game and i blinked and suddenly finland had a gold medal <laughs> yeah it's interesting i did get to see finland and i said this in the last podcast i got to see them twice here in Victoria, did you get to go to Save on Food? No, check no, it out? didn't get to attend any no. games live. It's uh, they were interesting team because one game I saw them play against uh, the USA, which was New Year's Eve. They were not. I didn't think they were that special. I the USA were like, you know, twice as good as them. I thought, and I saw them play against, uh, I think yeah, Slovakia just before then, and they were like a hundred times better than Slovakia. So I was like, which team uh, are we seeing here? And uh, clearly, they didn't play their best game against the USA the first time they played. But then in the gold medal game, they were able to uh, win that after, uh, you know, defeating Team Canada. That was a weird game, too. It was a very Finland style of play where they were uh, just trying to counterattack, play real solid defense. And I... I thought Canada was the better team did, for hey? most of it. You did. I okay. really did. Okay. Um, Finland had more shots, maybe a few more chances, but Canada always felt dangerous. Yeah. It was Finland dropping and playing a bit of the trap and, and not letting things open up. But I felt uh, that game should have gone Canada's way, and you get an unlucky bounce and a broken stick, oh, and man. that's how these one-off tournaments go. Is it's that that easy to be knocked out? What did you think about the decision to send out Maxime Comtois? the captain out there for the penalty shot in overtime that was the biggest moment of the game clearly yeah i didn't know enough about this team to have a guy that i thought should take it um i was okay with comtroy he has some nhl experience and you know the captain of the team so that should be the guy you can lean on in a situation like that Lots of people saying it should have been uh, Frenier or Frost, Frost even, I think, or uh, even Cody Glass. Yeah, guy, yeah, know. maybe someone with some slicker yeah. hands, but yeah. uh, that's a real tough spot to be in. Yeah. So I can't 
fault the guy, right? That was a nation on his shoulders, and he did what he could. Uh, we did get to see Michael DiPietro play for the Canucks, the goaltender there. He really impressed me in the tournament. Yeah, I was most looking forward to seeing him play, and again, I got the early games that were mean-nothing games, so it was tough to get a no. real feel for him. But against Finland, he looked amazing. No. Positionally sound, um, very good rebound control. He seemed calm and composed. He wasn't I think he fights. He fights. That's what I yeah, like about him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And uh, I, I never felt like he was making saves because he was out of position or um, giving up chances because of his poor play. It felt like everything was in front of him and he was ready for it. And when he, Finland did have a few chances, real good chances, he was there. I think Tolvanen had three or four clean shots. And uh, yeah, Di Pietro was... Gut feeling... The Canucks goaltending situation going forward, we got, this is a Canucks podcast, by the way, Uh, we got Jacob Markstrom going right now for the Canucks, and it looks like he, for the time being, he's fine for what they have right now, but Thatcher Jemko just got called up, he's been lighting it up at the AHL, he was an all-star last year at the AHL level, Uh, he's obviously in the future to be in the Canucks plans. Do you think Michael DiPietro is also in the future plans? Do you think, do you think he looks like a goalie that could play at the NHL level? I based on that tournament and a small sample size. Yes. I would say it's a few years still. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we can do the whole, we've got a goalie controversy or too many prospects, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to see Demko for two to three years before DiPietro is even knocking on the door. Yeah. And that should give us a time to see what we really have in Demko. If he's mm-hmm. a number one goalie, great. Goalies are tough to come by. So now you've got a blue chip prospect in DiPietro you can move. And if Demko doesn't pan out, well, now you've got someone else in the back pocket who could step in. And at least you have, uh, again, someone with a really high ceiling you can step up and feel comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, that was a little prelude to the other things the real things i want to talk about on this podcast uh we need to talk about of course elias Pettersson getting hurt Mm -hmm. that was a huge moment since the last podcast there's been two games since the last between the stammers podcast the canucks were nearing the end of that six game road trip last week Uh, they had two more stops in montreal and toronto Uh, both didn't go very well for the canucks Uh, not and worse news was Patterson getting hurt in the Montreal game and then the Canucks getting blown out in Toronto. I uh, also want to talk about Quinn Hughes. Uh, there's some rumors out there that the Canucks may have asked him to or were thinking about asking him to join the team this year. So I want to get your thoughts on that. also want to get your thoughts on Alex Edler and what his future is with this team, what they should do with him. And this is something that I just... I happen to be watching Don Cherry's Coach's Corner. I usually don't watch it because I'm I'm kind of a Don che- Cherry hater these days. But he had some very interesting comments on Elias Patterson and how the rookie's been playing. And I just, it was it was terrible. And I was like, this is why I hate this guy. Uh, and it was just, it was just unfounded comments. I hate it. We're going to play that a little bit later. Uh, but first, uh, let's talk about Elias Patterson. You're new to the Between the Stammers podcast. Here on this podcast, we've been waxing poetic about this guy for ever since the beginning of this uh, podcast. And I know uh, maybe you don't follow every game step by step like Curb Kirby does and I do uh you're more of a stats guy as well I know you play a lot of fantasy hockey mm-hmm. uh, Elias Patterson I mean he looks like he's gonna win rookie of the year already uh he's clearly the best rookie in my eyes uh, in your opinion do, do does the eye test meet like the stats or do the stats meet the eye test on this guy what do you think I think the 
eye test shows more than the stats actually show. Yeah. I, I really do. The f- I watched his first game. I was really excited. There had been a lot of talk of him coming in. And his confidence, his patience, everything he did screamed like a, a 10-year veteran already. And um, I was listening recently to an interview with Jay Beagle, and he was talking about how relentless Pedersen is to get the puck, how bad he wants the puck. And you see that when he's knocking the puck out of the air or making real good defensive plays to get the puck back. And that shot is unreal. Right. And, and so you can, it's not just playing with the right people. Or, uh, he's not just getting lucky bounces. He is creating chances and He's got that wow factor. When he's on the ice, you watch him, you notice yeah. him. And not we haven't had a Canuck player like that in a long time. I mean, the Sedins, obviously, they when they were in the zone and they were, you know, doing their magic behind the net, that that was some wow stuff. Mm-hmm. But that I feel like that was more subtle. This guy this is, is like... different. Yeah, this is like magic. This mm-hmm. uh, And, you know, the player that he kind of reminds me of, which I don't know if I've said it on Between the Stammers, because I've been trying to find a player to to compare him too because that's what i like to do i watch sports i like to compare certain players and he kind of reminds me of pavel datsuk a little bit like and he's even showing it in his own end like pavel datsuk that guy was like i would get out of my i would get off my couch when Mm -hmm. some of the moves he would make and he would do it in the like the most clutch moments too Mm -hmm. and at both ends of the ice and patterson man this guy makes me get out of my seat like it's it's pretty amazing what uh he can do uh, at both ends of the ice that's what i've been shocked by for him because i knew the offense was there he was the mvp of the swedish elite league last year uh we saw him at the world juniors last year we knew he had a great shot and he was going to be a great offensive player we didn't know he was going to be this good this Mm -hmm. fast Mm -hmm. but in his own end like and here's a kid who's never really played who's never played center before really that's the most surprising part and that was one of the first things that jumped out to me was the back checking and i'm i'm a fan of guys who play two-way hockey uh playing sports all my life i was always a defenseman so i can appreciate those little things and he does those little things better than most of the canucks players right now i know he's he's fantastic and of course we could talk this whole podcast about him but you know what? It was bad news for the Canucks in their loss to Montreal. Mm-hmm. He got uh, cooked up with Jasperi Kokoniemi, a Finnish, a Finnish rookie on Montreal, who looks like a pretty good player too, actually. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you see the hit, and what did you think of it? Um, I don't even know if I would call it a hit. Yeah. It was... A tangle up. Yeah. Um, Kokoniemi just trying to get under the skin of a talented player which is what you should do. And I don't know. I didn't really like what Pedersen did. Like that whole stop and try to back check. I don't know. And it seemed more accidental than anything. So I'm not here to say it was vicious. It was mean. It was dirty. It was any of those things. It was just a a pure accident where I didn't like it was again, reaction from Canucks players as Mm. they skate by just just Ben Hutton standing there watching Kotkaniemi just give him something, right? Like he stood over him. You could have given him a little poke, a jab. Uh, yeah. And this so. was this game was immediately after. It was the night after Pedersen had scored his first career hat trick. Oh man, he was like he dazzled the crowd in Ottawa. That he was, his best game. yeah, it was. And we were like, I can't. And I'm watching that game. I'm thinking, I can't believe this guy's on the Canucks. Like yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. And then this happens. Were you like some Canucks fans? Like 
we can't have nice things like that, you know like <laughs> it's it like it's feel like that you know it? it does when we lost Besser last year to a back yeah. injury and kind of a weird fluke accident yeah. as well you're like ah, it's just how things go around here it's yeah. just how it goes I know and it's just like why 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 and we got this kid who it looks like he's gonna be a runaway like this guy's he's like he's on pace for 80 over 80 points this mm-hmm. year man and yep. then to see this happen it's it sucks and then they get blown out in toronto uh it sounds like though there is good news that like if you see the replay of this hit on patterson it's ugly man like the way he gets tangled up in the knee like like you see something like that in the nfl you're like Mm -hmm. man this guy could be out for the year like this looks like a, a major knee injury but the fact that he got up and skated off was a good sign right away and then now it sounds like it's just a mild uh, MCL sprain. I think that's what Travis Green is calling it. Uh, here's Travis Green talking about it um, on, uh, I think it was Monday after practice. If you're going to sprain your knee, that's, that's probably the best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not going to be as long as we've seen other knee injuries in the past. So, but this is normal recovery, what he's doing. So he'll be, we're not going to rush him back. He'll be back when he's good and ready. Obviously, they can't rush him back. They can't, right? No need. No I mean, need. even though they are in a, you know, fighting for a wild card spot right now, mm-hmm. this guy is the future. You can't. You just can't. You can't. Uh, because he got sent down, though, there's other players that are going to have to step up and play a key role. Adam Gaudet got called up. And he's going to be in the roster. He's going to be in the roster for a tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's game. It'll be maybe tonight by the time this podcast gets out against uh, Arizona. The Canucks have actually not played in five days. They haven't played since last Saturday, so they've had time to you know practice and get the team together after that shellacking, that five nothing shellacking. I was really looking forward to that Toronto game until the <laughs> yeah. until the Pedersen injury came down. Yeah. And it turned out to be crap. Levo got hurt as well, and he he was going to go up against his old his old team. I don't know if you've seen a lot of Josh Levo this year, but I've liked what he's brought to the Canucks. Have you seen much of him? Uh, not watched a lot, but I've seen his name pop up a lot on the score sheet, which yeah. is what the Canucks have been looking for in a yeah. long time, right? Goals have been tough to come by. So finding... Someone who can contribute, that's just <laughs> nice to have, right? Uh, it seems the Canucks have a, a plethora of forwards that will I guess need to be in the lineup yeah and so some decisions are going to be made as guys get healthy but he's one of those guys who I think understands his ice time's not guaranteed his position on the team is not guaranteed so he needs to do things and he's found ways to contribute yeah he has and he's been on the top line with Patterson and Besser there so he's shown he can move up and down the lineup and succeed at any um, you know any checking role or, or offensive role that's what I like most about him uh, but Adam Gaudet uh, he has also succeeded I thought like he hasn't scored at this level he was sent down when Sutter came back into the lineup uh, he had an extended run with this team 31 games I think it, yeah about 31 games with the big club uh, before getting sent down he had two goals four assists uh, for six points, and I thought he was really starting to get uh, a handle of the NHL game, and I thought that he, uh, he, if put in a scoring role, he could probably do that later. This is a guy who won the Hobie Baker Award last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you seen from Adam Gaudet? What do you expect from this guy as a prospect and from what you've seen so far? I don't think we're going to get an amazing elite player, but I think we're going to get a reliable NHL player. Yeah. Which is always nice when you can 
um, pull someone from that caliber up out of the uh, collegiate and have them inserted into the lineup and contribute right away. Um, I, yeah, I, I'd i like some more offense, but I understand his role. Yeah, and he's, he's so, been playing on the third line, right? Yeah. Or the fourth line or whatever. A checking role is what he's played. And yeah. what I'm excited about with Pedersen gone, he's going to get one of those top two center spots. Horvat's probably going to be on the top mm-hmm. line with Besser, I'm guessing. And then he's going to be probably centering the second line, which gives him an opportunity to you know play with some more skilled guys like Berchi and dare say Louis Erickson. <laughs> but that's what we need out of uh, a gut at is a chance to see what he can do when given the right ice time and the right teammates. It's such a log jam right now on forward because we do have Goldobin, we've got Vertan and Berchi, Horvat, Pedersen, Besser, right? There's not a lot of room in there for the top six. And even when you go to the bottom six, we've got Sutter and Beagle and Roussel, Erickson, right? There's not a lot of spots on this team for the forwards. So if you really yeah, want true. that spot, you have yeah. to come in and earn it, right? Josh Levo coming in and can, you know, putting up the points. It might be best to see what Goddard can do now and then let him grow in the AHL. He doesn't need to be here right now. So I want to see him... Maybe go dominate the AHL for a bit, get that confidence, uh, find out what he can do uh, at, at the next step, and then possibly free up some space next year for him and put him in a, a spot where he can, you know, better suited to his talents. Yeah, it's I, I don't want to see him playing bottom six. Yeah, eight I to know. ten minutes it's a tough. night. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, he's got great attitude though. I uh, I got a clip of him uh, talking to reporters today. Uh, after practice, he was skating on the second line, so it looks like he's going to have an opportunity to be in a scoring role here. Here's Adam Gaudet talking to uh, reporters uh, after practice on Wednesday. Definitely had uh, a lot more ice time and played in all situations. Uh, I was out there on the penalty kill and you know key faceoffs and on the power play. And, you know, it was get, good to get that experience and you know hopefully come back here and get get a little bit uh, a little bit more of a, a chance to uh, you know do something with the playing time I have and playing with the players I have. And you know I'm excited to take advantage of it. Gaudet talking about his time back at the AHL. It can't be easy to be you know a, a top prospect and get shuttled back and forth between the AHL and the NHL. NHL, but it sounds like he's taking it in stride and that's I, I love I love his attitude and this is you know what he reminds me of he reminds me of a young Ryan Kessler seriously I was about to say the same sort yeah. of thing yeah I I don't know if you remember but Ryan Kessler I think it was like 2006 or 2000 I think it was 2007 perhaps uh, it was that series where he was playing against we were playing against the Dallas Stars and it had in that series, it had that marathon game mm-hmm. that uh, I think it was Henrik Sedin that scored like yeah, in did. the seventh overtime or yeah. whatever it was. And it was a really long game. It was like a 1-1 game. And I, I remember Marty Turco in that game had like a 1.43 goals against average <laughs> and they lost the series. Like yeah. no, neither team was, was yeah. scored any goals in that tournament, but I, in that series, but I remember Ryan Kessler was a young guy and he was like playing all situations on like the third line and he was playing hard and then he like then he blocked a shot and broke his hand you remember that yes and we were like oh shit we could really use this guy in the next round of the playoffs and then he kind of took off from there and i think Godet has an opportunity to be a player like ryan kessler on this team and that's just me being positive on Mm -hmm. between the stammers but i do think that he has that kind of ability he's showing it at the college level and the fact that he's you know playing some checking line minutes here in vancouver 
you know, maybe it bodes well for later on in his career that he mm-hmm. plays a 200-foot game, right? He, he might have to because if the goals aren't going to come easy, mm-hmm. uh, then you got to find a way to help out in it. You know, different areas. And if you look at this team, the way it's set up, you got Horvat and Pedersen as the mm-hmm. as the top two centermen, right? Mm-hmm. And then where's Godet going to fit there? I think he could be a great third line center, though, and and yeah. similar to that Kessler role, where if there is an injury or some time on the power play, uh, put him in those spots. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he'll be out of place, but I really want to see him developed properly. I don't want to. Th- I've seen a lot of guys get. Are you in. worried about development on the Canucks? A There's some of the young bit. players. There, There's there is a lot of been, whispers about that. I feel it's a bit better now. We've seen Besser done right, Pedersen done right, but we saw Vertanen. Uh, I also think those guys, Pedersen and Besser, are like they're, they're just all they're world different. talents that they're you different. can't like. Yeah, you, yeah like they're going to succeed no yeah. matter what really happens. Um, but I, I do think we really messed up Vertanen, putting him bringing him up too early and expecting him to be a bottom six forward instead of a, a scoring forward. Yeah. And that really messed with, you know, that wasn't a style of play. So I, I, I hope they let Godet go and develop and uh, age like a fine wine, I guess, in the <laughs> AHL. And, and then bring him up when the time is right. We have so many centers right now. There's no need to rush. Yeah. How do you like, I mean, the Canucks right now in the situation that they're in, they're, one point out of a playoff spot, one mm-hmm. point out of a wild card spot. They're fighting with the Anaheim's. They're fighting with Edmonton. They're fighting with uh, uh, another Cal or not Calgary, uh, Edmonton, uh, Anaheim, Anaheim yeah. and um, another team. Yeah, Dallas is in there as well, and uh, yeah, Minnesota. So uh, they're right in the thick of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that can be only good for these young kids having to earn it in situations every night. I know there's a lot of people out there like, let's just see the Canucks lose, lose, lose. Let's see them get uh, Hughes, right? Jack Hughes, lose for Hughes. Where are you on the team tank versus the team developed and, why not, just take step forward. For a long time, I've been under the same mentality since uh, it was shortly after the 2011, it was probably 2013, I started to say, okay, this is the end of the light. And I wanted us to shift towards a younger team, players we thought we had a bright future with, and let those guys play. And whatever the result was, was the result. It doesn't matter. If it's playoffs, great. But let's not make playoffs on the back of Louis Erickson and uh, you know some other veterans. right? I don't want that or like a hot goalie, right? I don't want that. I want to make the playoffs on the backs of Pedersen, on Besser, on these young guys, Goldobin, Vertanen, uh, you know, Ben Hutton. I think that's Troy what they're Stetcher. doing right now. And if they can do yeah. that, even if they bring in Demko, that would be great. If they make playoffs with those guys, great. I don't want to make playoffs with a lineup full of Sutters and Roussels. And, like, I don't want those guys to be the reason we get into playoffs. Yeah, but those guys are role players. And mm-hmm. that's why I had no problem bringing those guys in. And I know there's a there was a lot of grumbling out there when they saw the kind of year and term they were giving to guys like Jay Beagle mm-hmm. and Roussel. Yes, maybe four, you know, four-year contract seems a little steep for those guys. But I think those guys are really key for development of these young players. And maybe if they're not in there, maybe they're a shit team and that's what people want to see. So I, I don't know. It just has to be done right. And so yeah. far it has been done right. Cause you see, I, I felt under Willie Desjardins, mm. the guys like Sutter and Beagle and Roussel, those would be the guys playing yeah. 15 to 20 minutes a night. And we'd see Pedersen and Besser down in the low teens. Mm-hmm. And that just drove me insane because you're winning or losing on guys that aren't necessarily your future. Yeah. So, uh, when you're doing that, lose. Please just lose so we can get better draft picks because clearly the talent pool is not deep enough. Yeah. Now that we're rolling with 
Horvat, Besser, and Patterson. Yeah. yeah, go make the playoffs. Get the wins off these guys. If they're scoring goals and winning us games, perfect. I don't I don't care about the end result. Let's just set our sights five years down the road for a Stanley Cup on these guys' shoulders. Yeah. I imagine Quinn Hughes, there was a lot of talk about him just like making the team and there's a lot of whispers that right now if he was on the team he'd be the best defenseman on the Canucks you've have you heard those whispers uh, I know that he would yeah. be I mean Edler's having a, a pretty good year yeah, but uh, um yeah I think Hughes could step up and would be top pairing I I got to see him uh, I was there the New Year's Eve game in and your here. thoughts uh, this kid was and I said it on the last between the stammers like he's one of the best skaters I've ever seen mm-hmm. like and his edge work just ed, just and he's a roaming defenseman too and he's the top-notch blue chip prospect you want at defense I'm like like he looks like like Duncan Keith out there like he skates like the wind you know and he's and he's willing to go to the dirty areas as well I love his game and yeah I was a little upset that he you know decided to go back to Michigan this year and Michigan actually not doing very well at the college level right now so there were some whispers fueled by a sports net uh, report uh, last week that uh, the Canucks brass were considering calling Hughes uh, it came out there I got to give credit to Elliot Friedman on uh, Sportsnet's uh, headline segment of Hockey Night in Canada he said there was some internal discussion between the Canucks and uh, the University of Michigan about asking Hughes after the World Juniors if he wants to join the Canucks now and turn pro uh, and it sounds like they've decided against that in the end. Where, where, where are you on this one? Again, I'd like to see guys develop. We're not, we're not in a win now mode. We don't need the players here now. Uh, let them go finish out college, develop, and, and then bring them in. It's, it's very similar to the Godet situation. Yeah. Where, uh, bring the guy in if you're going to utilize him with his skills. Utilize his skills. You see, it's, this is where you differ from Caleb Kirby. Caleb oh, yeah? Kirby would be like. Fuck yeah, bring him in. Let's win right now. You know? Yeah. I I mean, I think he could come in and be a top pairing defenseman for us. Yeah. So yeah, he should at least get a shot and he mm-hmm. probably will step in right away. And that's but, another thing, like when you look at his body too, maybe he's mm-hmm. not quite grown into the whole man thing. But when you're so good, that doesn't matter quite as much. Yeah. I think when you look at Elias Pettersson, although Pettersson has been getting hurt mm-hmm. here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I heard, and again, uh, I like the stats, mm-hmm. and it was a, a tweet. I, I can't remember who it say. Some collegiate reporter just got forwarded to me, oh. and it was showing uh, Quinn Hughes' zone exits in his own end where he is carrying the puck and doing some shifty moves to get around forwards before exiting the zone, and the tweet itself read, Quinn Hughes is leaving the zone with control on 85% of possessions, I think it was, Ooh. which is... He compared it to other players, and he said this is the best he's seen in collegiate hockey. And that, wow. to me, was something, right? It, it's one thing to be a really talented player. It's another thing to be able to possess and control the puck and control the flow of a game and, and take over. I mean, exiting your zone with control 85% of the time is not something we see Canucks defensive no, do very often. Honestly, the only guy that can do it, but he's off and on, is Ben Hutton. Mm-hmm. Seriously, he's the yep. only guy that can do that, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I watched, and yeah, Quinn Hughes, that's another thing. Obviously, I noticed his, and his, the way he saw the game, I thought he was ahead of his teammates there at U, at the USA mm-hmm. level. I was like, he's playing with guys who don't think the game quickly enough. Yeah. 
for him. So I think he'd be he would look even better at the NHL level. That's a great stat though. On eighty five percent of yeah, possessions. Yeah, I think I don't know if that's totally oh. accurate, but it was yeah. around there. It was yeah. uh, definitely higher than seventy five percent. We'll we'll fact yeah. check that we'll here on the team. But yeah, it, it was enough that it blew my mind. And uh, um, I'm liking these new advanced stats, the fancy stats, and that's one of the ones where it really tells something about a player. Yeah. Is puck control is the new thing, and we can go back to Pedersen wanting the puck. Beagle saying he just goes after it. He wants it on his stick and that's the new nhl is is you need the puck on your stick and you need to be able to break out of your zone with the puck no more of this just slap it down the ice try and go dig it out of corners it doesn't quite work that way anymore when you got guys that can create plays like that too it just changes the dynamic of your team right mm-hmm. and, and that's what we saw with elias patterson i was like what is the difference with this canucks team well why do guys look better than they are it's because elias patterson just takes the pressure off so many players and he mm-hmm. creates plays and I think Quinn Hughes will come up and be that same type of player from the back end. I really hope so. Yeah. That would give us a nice uh, a nice little foursome to work off of with Horvat, Besser, Pedersen, and Hughes on the back end. And, and we can start finally looking for those secondary pieces. Maybe it's Goldobin, Levo, those kind of guys. Maybe it's Gaudet stepping up. I think we're finally – I finally have hope. It's yeah. been a couple of years. I know, right? But I finally have that little glimmer of, okay, we can be a contender if yeah. things keep – progressing the way they are yeah yeah and that's awesome that you say that and i'm hearing that from most canuck fans you know it's not just the homerism on this podcast there are other canucks fans that feel the same way about this team that there's some there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you got these top prospects who you know you didn't they weren't one two or three picked in the draft Mm -mm. they weren't Mm -mm. they were just great draft picks and like besser was taken at what 22 or 21 or something like that and obviously you got uh patterson there at uh five and uh quinn hughes was at friggin a gift at seven right yeah yeah i I really really got to give uh benning credit for that there's one department that i can't knock him on and that's the scouting and being able to find these players. Well, we're while we while I have you on right now. What are your thoughts on Benning so far on how he's done? What would you give? Him, what kind of grade would you give him so far? Um, if you don't hold back, if you take away the scouting, it's been a C at best for me. Yeah, I, I've really disliked a lot of things. Okay, um, I really dislike the contracts with the term yep. and uh, the money for guys like Erickson and Beagle and Roussel. To me, it's it's dead, dead money. The Erickson contract. And you can't maybe do the that. Worst thing you I've can't ever do that in yeah. today's NHL. You're gonna get strapped for cash at some point. Mm-hmm. And if you have those guys making, you, you could put together a fourth line of the Canucks that's not unrealistic to be a fourth line, and it would be upwards of twenty million dollars. And you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. That's that's too much money. So Caleb Kirby calls the Louis Erickson contract worse than the Mark Messier contract he's uh, calling yeah. that right now he's yeah. like he says by the end of this it's it, it could look like that worse and he, that's an abomination what do you right? go almost a calendar year without a power play goal and, yeah. and i just oh, man, he's, he's invisible fight. most nights oh, yeah. i was listening to uh another podcast um with uh watchford and yeah. uh, patterson the podcast the podcast yeah. and yeah. they were <laughs> they said they play a game up in the the um 
uh, media box there where they hope for the blank sheet from Louis Erickson. And there's been a couple of games where he's gone into the third period with not a shot, not a hit, not a giveaway, not a takeaway, just invisible. Yeah. And they're hoping he'll pitch the shutout. It's <laughs> it's so obvious when that guy's not trying, though. That's that's the thing yeah. about him. And it, it bothers people because, I mean, it bothers me because I've seen him play at a very high level, right? Mm-hmm. He helped me win a fantasy pool a few years back. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like... He he plays when he wants to play. Yeah. And, and when you're when you're fat off this huge contract you just got, what kind of incentive does he have, right? Yeah, and we all saw it coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he when he signed it, I just turned to everybody. I went like, we all saw this coming because I had some friends that were into it, and I went, look at Louis Erickson's career years. When were they? Before he changed teams on a contract year. Yeah. He always plays his best hockey on a contract year. You're not going to get 30 goals all the time. He's Alexei Kovalev. Um, yeah, and I, I really liked Louis Erickson. You know, when he's playing for the Stars, he was a yeah. very good goal scorer. I yeah, give him that. But you can't be signing guys that age to that contract, no. to that much money, and get back to the it Benning. felt desperate that's yeah, uh, yeah yeah and, yeah, and to yeah. get back to the betting thing it, we could do the same thing about trades as i just feel like we've given up things yep. and, and maybe haven't gotten the best return mm. um so what yeah. example of that would you put i mean i i really disliked good branson trade yeah that's I kind of get the feeling Benning's got a little bit of that old school mentality or is trying to hold on to that old school hockey where you, big gritty players and um you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about Don Cherry. You know, just just an old school mentality yeah. and not evolving to the new NHL. Yeah. And Good Branson's the kind of player where, again, as soon as we brought him in, I said, this is not going to work. He does not thrive in today's NHL. The game is changing. He is of the old mentality. It yeah. doesn't work. And, and it's guys like that where you're like, ah, you just like. It made you cringe. Everyone, like, there's a large population that saw that, like, don't get this guy. He's not. I see what you're trying to do. Don't, don't, right? Like, yeah. guys like Brian Burke don't have jobs GMing anymore for reasons, right? Like, yeah. the truculence is gone in the NHL. You need to be ahead of the curve, as I like to say. Do you f- still feel like there's room for guys to be physical, though? Like, uh, to be oh, yeah. like enforced? Like, because that's where I think Erica Branson has a role in this team as like a leader physically. Yeah, sure. Um, but you have to be a guy. The one that people are saying is worth the contract now after lots of people hated on it is Tom Wilson because the guy can skate, he can shoot, he can play hockey, but he'll be physical, he'll hit you. And that guy can skate too, man. That's the yeah. thing is there aren't many of those players in the NHL anymore, right? You could, I mean, like a, a guy like Wayne, you could say Lucic, right? Like yeah. Lucic used to be a little bit like that, but as soon as he lost his step, he's just not able to keep up anymore and suddenly you have a fourth liner making way too much money and like it's you can't just be physical now because guys are fast yeah how do you be physical on a guy you can't catch um are you upset with some of those third round picks that he was giving up second round picks he was giving up for like berchi and uh what's the other forward that uh that granlin that they gave up yeah were you upset with those those guys have been fine yeah i'm not totally opposed to getting those guys where i was opposed was trying to accelerate a rebuild without letting it happen yeah that's i i did you did you buy into the whole are you buying into the whole like you gotta make the young players earn it that's why you bring these guys in they have to earn it yeah but don't make them earn it from the fourth line yeah make them earn a spot on the team and then let them give them a chance right you can't 
I still feel that Canucks fans are divided on this, though. Yeah. Are they not? Yeah. 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 It's. It felt like a team that was very close to hitting rock bottom, and rather than hitting rock bottom, they just kind of pulled themselves up a little bit. You know, it's it's you're drowning. And you're just keeping your head afloat a couple of times, but you know you're going to go down when you run out of energy. And we started to see that the last two years where the Canucks finally started to really bottom out. And it would have been nice to have just realized that two or three years earlier because maybe now instead of just fighting for a playoff spot while we have Besser and Pedersen and Horvat coming into uh, their primes, maybe we're already a fringe playoff team and we add those guys, have them give that extra 20%. And now suddenly we're not just fighting for a spot, but we're a dark horse. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was, I felt we lost two to three years by bringing in all these guys over and over, veterans that were going to turn us around and get us to the playoffs. And it never happened. I will say the vet that they brought in this past off season here, who I am impressed with every time I watch a game, Jay Beagle. And I know, oh, yeah. and I know like yep. people don't like the extra years that he got on his contract, but man, this guy plays in every situation. And he is a gamer. He's a guy that you want on your team to win the Stanley cup. I'm, and I've watched him play. And I'm like this guy, because he's not afraid. He goes against every big line and he plays well against them. Mm-hmm. Like he turns top lines into defenders because of the way he plays, which is pretty cool man so uh, getting a guy like that i'm i'm okay with that if it works but yeah the term of contract nobody's gonna like that three years from now if you take it away if you take away term you take away money mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. but it's it's the way nhl works right it's a business you got to realize that that's part of the package right yeah. so if you and look- i understand where canucks fans are like okay why are we signing free agents that's mm-hmm. that's i think that's that's a lot of of where that you know the team tank is like why are we doing that when we should playing the young kids play the young kids and then you got the other portion which is kind of like me and kirby a little bit like yeah you bring those guys in and then if the young kids beat them out they beat them out Mm -hmm. so i I just like though about this team that they're in a position to fight every night and it's exciting to watch games again that's what i like that's the biggest thing right now is it's fun to watch the canucks we had a lot of years there under willie desjardins where the games were boring. Oh man, they there were was so bad. No one you were excited about. There was no creativity. You were watching the Sedins dwindle. You're watching mm-hmm. older players just Burroughs and Hansen that are yeah. exiting their primes and you're like, okay, this BX too. BX, yeah. right? Like you're just like, yeah. this this isn't what it used to be. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna pay a bunch of money to go see no. those guys age and Ryan Miller come in on a two year contract. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. So But it's different now, right? So much different. So much nicer. Like, I get excited when the Canucks are playing. I have someone to watch. Yeah. um, Yeah, I've been big on the Besser bandwagon. He's... He's my guy. I love Besser. I, I bought a jersey. Yeah. I bought yeah, a jersey. <laughs> I bought a jersey, man. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a great story, actually. Yeah. I've told it on this podcast before, but I, I didn't have a Canucks jersey. And I, I'm I'm one of those guys who are like, I don't like to buy jerseys unless they like they really mean something, you know? I'm not a guy just go I'm not a jersey whore. Yeah. Uh, Caleb's kind of a jersey whore. He goes out <laughs> yeah. there, he's got a million jerseys. I'm like, that jersey means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have that jersey? Uh so I'm really picky and choosy. So I have like a Pavel Bure, old school plate of spaghetti, 10, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Uh, but then I don't, I haven't had a Canucks jersey since then. And I don't love the birthing Orca. I'm not a huge fan mm-hmm. of it, but I mean, 
I'm, I'm on board now because, I mean, this is what we have, yep. right? Uh, and so we went to a game, me and Caleb, and this was a year ago. And it was a Blackhawks game. And it was a, it was a good game. The Canucks, the Canucks almost won the game. They blew it at the end. And I think it, like, Tay scored in overtime or something. Like, it was a really good game. And and I'm like, I'm I'm waffling on this jersey, this Besser jersey. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And I'm looking at the price of it. It's like 270 bucks or something. And so, like, 300 bucks with tax, right? And I'm like, I don't know if I can pay that for a jersey. God. Uh, so uh, I, we go back to our seats or whatever. And Caleb says he's going off to buy, uh, get a hot dog or whatever. He comes back. He's got a Besser jersey. throws it at me. He's like, there you go, kid. You got a jersey. <laughs> I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> That's so awesome. And then the next intermission, I'm like, I'm not letting this fucking guy buy me a $300 jersey. Yeah. So I fucking went and bought him a Bo Horvat jersey and threw it at him. I'm like, there you go, buddy. You got a Bo Horvat jersey. That's so awesome. <laughs> we were hammered, too. That oh, was, yeah. That's probably the best part of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, we were there with another buddy, and they were like, "You guys are fucking idiots." Yeah. So that's uh, between the stammers, uh, Jersey story time. There, uh, we talked a little bit about Louis Erickson and how he plays during contract years. We've seen it with other players. A guy who's in his contract year right now, Alex Edler. He is a conundrum on this team. Mm-hmm. I and we we on this podcast we did our uh, like our all time favorite Canucks. And we've done our like least favorite Canucks, and this guy makes it on both those teams. Yep, I can see that. <laughs> you yep. know, he's maddening, and he's been so maddening during this run where they've been bad, because it's clear he doesn't give a fuck out no, there. No, no, does right? not. He last year he did not give a flying fuck, and he took like I would say seventy five percent of the season off. He did only when like the Sedins like said they were calling it a season, he kind of like perked up a little bit and played better to because. He's been a mainstay on this team for a very long time. Yep. This year, he's their best fucking defenseman this year. Yeah. He's and, what we wanted him to be for yeah, the last three year. years, this right? is what we're paying him for. Yeah. In 2013, he signed a six-year contract, mm-hmm. $30 million, cap hit, $5 million per year. Not bad, Seemed we thought, like at the time. like a real reasonable deal at the yeah. time. I mean, it just so happened that the Canucks sucked ass, and he sucked ass yeah. for more than half of that contract. And here he is. He's in the last year of that contract. I believe that's been six years. Yeah, man. That's insane, these, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> up on you so quick. Uh, and this year, he leads the club 19 points. He ranks fourth overall in the league with 90 block shots. He's averaging a team-high 23 and 13 seconds uh, 23 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time. Uh, he's on pace to have his best offensive season since 2011 <laughs> when he had 49 points. And he has a plus three rating on the back end, which uh, is a lot better than his uh, uh, minus 39 he had in 2013, 2014. <laughs> oh, yeah, the old green jacket score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the guy. So here we are, though. The Canucks are fighting for a playoff spot. We're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. What do you do with this guy? He's already like refused. He has a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. He's already he's always he's already refused to waive it once from from reports anyway. Are you looking to try and move this guy? If I could, yes. You have the opportunity to bring him back in the summer and today defensemen of that caliber fetch you a real nice price. There will be a lot of playoff teams that will be looking to add him to their roster if they can. 
So if you get a deal, if he's willing to waive it, and you can even tell him, look, we have $6 million waiting for you on another three-year contract after you're done your four-month stint, just please help us out. Yeah, We'll help you out, and we could bring him back next year. I'd like to see him come back. I think we still need a what would rock. You, what, would you give, what would you give him for a contract next year if he was a free agent— and you could bring him back to this team. What would you want to I sign him to? I would see teams giving up six to six and a half yeah. for him, maybe even more. If I, I don't know what the defenseman free agent mark is looking like, but I would assume he's probably in the top five or so. He is 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Um, right now, he obviously he's just making five million year, a year. So I know like Toronto's been kind of like. He's been rumored to maybe, you know, they've been interested in him there in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, people are looking for defensemen like him. He, even though he breaks his stick at the wrong moment, always. <laughs> always. And always shoots into the shin pads. <laughs> always shoots always. into the shin pads. Oh, he's done that a few times this year. That just, oh, that drives me nuts. He is a maddening, maddening player. But I agree, like, what, like, they, like, when Quinn Hughes comes on this team, you're going to want a guy like Alex Edler around, I think. You can't bring in Quinn Hughes without anybody else around him. As much as I like yeah. Stetcher and Hutton. Yeah. Um, I think you need to have those guys you, like Tanev. Yeah. You need to have those guys yeah, there. Yeah, you need Tanev around. I always forget about Tanev. He just Dude, he's quiet. good. I know he's he good. is. He just quietly yeah. does good things, yeah. and I always forget he's he, around. That's because he doesn't fucking score any goals <laughs> or get any assists, yeah. but he uh, he does his he does his job. Yeah. Um, and you need to have guys like that, and I think he and Edler are a great pairing, and they, they're a number one pairing on this team, right? I really think so. And they play against all the other teams' good uh, best players. So, and they've showed yeah. it this year by Edler's plus three. You know, being in that position over twenty three minutes of ice time a game. The fear is you bring in Hughes and you let Edler go, and the back end becomes a crumbling mess. And yeah. if you're bringing in Demko, who's also learning, you don't want that. Yeah, suddenly yeah. you go from like knocking on the door of playoffs, we're heading in the right direction, to back in the basement because things go sideways and everyone loses their confidence four weeks into the season. So I, if you can move him, yeah, I would no doubt guess we could get a first round pick for him. Really, I would absolutely think yeah. so. The way he's playing right now, yeah. yeah. But it's also one of those things. It's like people know about Alex Edler. They know, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the same thing with Thomas Vanek. They yeah. knew, yeah. Like this guy is gonna play great in his contract here, and then what's mm-hmm. gonna happen after that? Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, you could see him. I don't. I don't know if he'd fit into Toronto's cap situation. They're pretty pressed. Yeah. Um, but that would be... It's what signing I- John Tavares does. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an ideal situation going there. Um, I, if, if I could ship him out, you do it. You get your prospects and you just tell him, hey, look, we'll have an offer for you in the summer. Because he loves it here in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was asked about it. He has been this week because that's been like the topic of discussion among mm-hmm. uh, Canucks fans and Canucks reporter this week, uh, reporters this week and on talk shows in Vancouver. Uh, his quote was, if I could pick any team I wanted to play today, there's no guarantees. It's such a competitive league. I think it's pretty exciting with the change here. We had a great team. It's been a great rebuild, and we're on our way up. I think it would be good to be a part of that. I like it here, and I've been treated well, and I like the city. This doesn't sound like a guy who wants to wave his no-trade clause. And I I don't... (laughs) 
the real answer is he's not going to. And he's going to yeah. stay with the club, and he's going to get an extension, and that's just going to be it. Do you want to give him that extension now before the season's over? Like, how does that? I don't. They. they I know players don't like to talk about contracts during yeah. the season. Although I feel like Alex Sadler would. <laughs> <laughs> I think you. Uh, if you're betting, you go to him and say, "Give me the answer." Yeah. Are Are you going to waive this if we were looking to move you? Yeah. And if he says no, you say, "Okay, well." Let's talk. Or do you want to wait till the season's end? But if they don't move him and then he signs elsewhere in the summer, it's a blown opportunity. Yeah. So it's, it's those little things that yeah. I've talked about with Benning. It's like those are the little things that that bother me. Okay. He's one of the guys that there's an opportunity to move a guy and get something in return. So he's probably at the top of the list. Other guys out there, Brandon Sutter. Would you like to see him move? Nobody wants him, though. That's what I, I know. think. Right? Uh, I think he's just dead weight on your cap space. For I've been a saying long it on time. this. I've been saying it on this podcast. I'd rather have Adam Gaudet play there. Oh, really? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you have Jay Beagle now. Yeah. So I don't want to pay two fourth line centers. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. <laughs> I I don't know where you would send Sutter. I don't know. Uh, maybe an Arizona that needs to get it to a cap floor or something like that. Yeah. But just don't. And nobody wants him for anything. Like, yeah, he's, he's taking up room. He's taking up cap space. Like, yeah. but what's he doing there? Oh, by the way, I should mention that uh, this between the stammers is brought to you again by Heineken. Heineken lager. It's fantastic stuff. I tell you, uh, usually it's Carlsberg, but today it's Heineken. <laughs> It's the best part about between the pot. Uh, between European the flavor today. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. I've left this to last because I hate giving this guy the run. <laughs> and this goes back to Patterson. Uh, but Don Cherry, he pissed me right the fuck off on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, did you did you catch this? So he was asked about I haven't Elias heard Patterson. it. Someone told me. So he was asked about the Patterson um, hit and what he thought about it because Patterson's been you know he's been a part of some of these physical plays he's I think other teams are they know he's the best player in the Canucks and they're making life difficult on him Mm -hmm. and that's hockey that's part of hockey Um, is it dirty I don't know but I do think other teams intentionally unintentionally know they got to get this in this guy's grill right so here's Don Cherry on Saturday he only took a few seconds but that's all it took for him to fucking piss me off so here he is talking about Elias Pettersson. Well, you've been right about a lot of things. We'll get to the World Junior here oh, in just yeah. a second. Uh, Elias Pettersson and the tangle up with Kutkin Yemi. What did you no, think? No, I'm, listen, I, what I'm telling the kid, Packer Yemi, whatever his name is, he didn't mean to hurt the guy. And, you know, the only thing I got to say is him. I, he's good rookie of the year. He'll come back. He doesn't look like he's too bad. He'll be rookie of the year, and he gets a lot of goals, and everybody to love him. He's got to stop looking for trouble. Mm. He was looking for trouble there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened, and the guy got him down and just held on to him. But you got to stop looking for trouble, because if you do in the National Hockey League, you'll find it. All right? Looking for trouble. Elias Pettersson is playing hockey. He plays two-way hockey. He plays it hard. And this is where a double standard has come in here. Like, here's Don Cherry, who yells at European players because they're soft. Because they play the outside, they don't. They're not good Canadian kids. And then here's a European player who plays both sides of the puck and plays it hard, and he's criticizing him. This kind of reminds me, and this pisses me off so much. It reminds me of when 
he talked about Pavel Bury in the 90s, and he was he called him a weasel. Do you remember that comment? No, I don't. Yeah, he called Pavel Bury a weasel, and I was a young kid at the time, and I was like, I remember thinking, What's, what does he mean by that? You know. And now I look back on it, and I'm like, no, he just doesn't like this Russian kid. He doesn't like how good he is. And I, this pisses me off so much. Like, where... Elias Pedersen's the nicest kid in the world. He he didn't even talk down on Kupganiemi. He didn't talk down on Matheson, anything like that. He's playing hockey the right way. And then on national TV, this old man who is, I don't know, like in some warped time reality, is the foremost expert on the way he's playing and the way he should be playing. So... Here's how I deal with Don Cherry. Okay. I just ignore him. I've not listened to anything Cherry has said in years. If he comes yeah. on in an intermission, I just mute because of things like this. It's just a reactionary hot take that is typically against whatever a European player is doing or um, just some old school nonsensical. There was, I, I periodically tune in, and there was one a few weeks ago where. It was a minute and a half, and he contributed nothing. There was nothing. There was zero added to it. It wasn't like, look at this player, and here's how he does it. There was nothing. It was like, look at this shot. Look at this linesman blow a call. And he hated on the linesman for a bit. And I'm like, I'm not. There's so many better reporters. There's so many better analysts. Yeah. And he just spouts old school, nonsensical bullshit yeah. that I just don't. I, I defended him for a little while during his run. I would say that, yeah, I didn't love the shit he was saying, but he was entertaining the way he said it. And I was like, okay, there's not a lot of people in hockey that are entertaining. Mm -hmm. I, I found that for a little while. I mean, it's getting a little bit better now. I think like Brian Burke's pretty entertaining yeah. when he's talking, right? Uh, and I think that I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt there because he was entertaining. And, I and that's when he was making sense, kind of. Like he was actually putting sentences together yeah. that were complete but now he's not even putting sentences together they're complete they're just nonsensical and he's not like you said he's not adding anything to anything he's just going out there and being an old man get off my lawn yeah he's clint eastwood and yeah worse though because he's not putting together a sentence yeah so it, this this pisses me off what should have been the dead giveaway is when he says that kappa nemi whatever his name is yeah. oh man just if if you can't even get the name right, you shouldn't be allowed to critique the play. I feel like he does that on purpose. Yeah, it's, the, the, it's the, a stick yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's just, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's his European, Russian, whatever. He doesn't yeah. want to pronounce them. Yeah. I, there's uh, Okay, this is funny. This is the last thing I'll say on Cherry. Uh, on YouTube, look up Don Cherry transcribed. <laughs> and someone, <laughs> someone like will go through his segments and they'll transcribe everything he says. And it's just, he doesn't put two senses. It's just the worst English. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Nope. And it's fucking hilarious. If you want to laugh tonight, go home and watch a couple of segments. I plan on doing that. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> this guy's a genius. I don't know who did this, but this is fantastic. Uh, but anyway, yeah, fuck off, Cherry. Like, let's leave our superstar player alone. He's playing fucking phenomenal hockey right now. Uh, he's gotten a little unlucky with some of these hits here. But I do think... NHL teams are keying on him, teeing off. Well, not teeing off on him, but they're keying in on him. Yeah, and they and should. Kakaniemi was giving him a little stick to the ribs and trying to pull him back, so yeah. you can't say that he was looking for trouble. He was just kind of standing up, saying, I "I'm not, I'm not taking this anymore." Looking for trouble. <laughs> God, that pisses. I, 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 I nearly. I, I was drinking beer, sitting on the couch watching it, and I nearly choked. 
I was like, what? The worst. Oh my He's God. the worst. It was even worse that the Canucks were getting blown out by Toronto uh, there. Yeah. Fuck. On national TV. Uh, five games, uh, five days off since that um, fateful loss. Five days since that fateful loss that Saturday against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, a game I was really getting, uh, really geared up for because they had, you know, they were, they had done pretty well on that road trip. They ended up doing, being three and three on the road trip, but they, it started off really well. And then they got blown out in that Maple Leaf game. I mean, obviously the huge insult injury was the Patterson, Patterson uh, injury in the Montreal game and then getting blown out by Toronto. Kind of left a sour taste in Canucks fans here going into this week. Um, but you know what? There's some good news here, TJ. They return home on that trip, from that trip. They've had five days off. They can practice. Uh, they play in order. The Arizona Coyotes on Saturday, uh, on uh, later tonight, I guess, by the time this podcast is out. Uh, then they got the Florida Panthers. Then they got the Edmonton Oilers, the Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Carolina Hurricanes. Only three of these teams have winning records. Two barely have winning records. Uh, the Sabres are the best, mm-hmm. but they will be in the middle of a tough Western road trip. So anything's possible, you know? If you're looking for a playoff spot, this is the stretch yeah. where you go yeah. and you bank a bunch of points while you can. Yeah, we're going to find out where the Canucks are at the end of January. Yeah. I think that's when we'll know if this team's a playoff team or not. This stretch right here, I think. And I'm putting a lot into how this team comes out uh, to give me a really good look at how Travis Green is, is handling this team. Because when you get five days to plan and strategize, you better come out flying with some new ideas and you better be making the right things happen. Well, you have no Patterson, so you have to be creative yeah. here. You know, And this is where like Horvat, Besser, they got to step up. They have mm-hmm. to. They have to fill that void because mm-hmm. Elias Pettersson, I mean, this guy is over a point per game. Like, you've got to fill that void. Yeah. And, yeah, it's going to be tough, but these are teams that they can do it. Um, just want to get you – this is the last thing I'm going to talk about here on the podcast. Um, uh, the NHL is giving Seattle the future franchise there, the future franchise there in Seattle, which is sweet, obviously. They're, they're giving them a reward for bringing uh, their, you know – buying the team and having it there for the 32nd franchise uh today commissioner gary bettman said the league has promised seattle it will host an all-star game within the first seven seasons uh the first season will be 2021 22 bettman also says seattle will host an nhl draft that event will likely be awarded before the all-star game arrives Uh, He made those announcements as part of his first visit to Seattle since the franchise was approved by the Board of Governors in December. Bettman met with the members of the ownership group there and fans who have placed deposits on season tickets and reviewed the status of the massive renovation to uh, the Key Center there, or the Seattle Center, I guess where it's called, where Seattle will play. Of course, Seattle's ownership group paid over $1.5 billion in expansion fees arena upgrades and state-of-the-art practice facility what do you think about that i'm so excited to see a seattle team i've been anti-expansion but vegas has worked out pretty good i think there's a deeper player pool now Mm -hmm. um when they were doing all the other kinds of expansions through the late 90s early 2000s you're seeing a lot of really bad teams who are really bad for a long time but hockey's grown a lot yeah. So now there's enough players to support 32 teams. And I, I'm still for fewer teams rather than more teams. But I, I think this regionally gives me something excited to be about or something excited 
Yeah. Uh, a a you, new rival. Yeah, a new rival. And uh, I feel I've, I've never really had the chance to go to road trip into opposing teams' buildings without it being a whole thing out to, you know, it had to be Alberta or California, basically. But now I feel we can just hop on a boat here, go down to Seattle, watch them play the Canucks, yeah, be in the rival building, mm-hmm. and I think that would be so much fun. And yeah. I fully expect Seattle to come up here and give us a run for our money, and I hope that um, we have a nice little mutual back and forth. I think it could be really fun. You know, I hate the Seattle Seahawks. I've made no bones about that. <laughs> but I think a ri- like if they have fans as passionate as that for hockey, how cool is that going to be for the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And this is cool, having uh, the All-Star game there, having the draft there. I mean, it's not that far. We could jump down there and yeah. check it out, right? Isn't Vancouver hosting a draft in the next yeah. uh, little bit here? Yeah, they're hosting the next draft. The next one, yeah. yeah that's okay. That's the, what, that's the next one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're hosting the next draft. And everybody's wondering, well, maybe, you know, it'd be nice to have Jack Hughes in that draft. I don't think that's going to happen now. With, <laughs> that would um, be something sweet. <laughs> well, actually, you never know. I mean, how the fuck did uh, Philadelphia get the first overall draft pick? Uh, Second. Uh, last year, was right? Or no, it was the first yeah, overall. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and they were they were like they finished like right around the middle of the yeah of the and that's another reason not to tank the way it's set up, man. It's yeah. just like you can't you're you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I just was hoping that you would agree with you know, everything you said. Yeah, that's yeah. why you brought me on. Yeah, right, pump yeah. your tires. Yeah, that's right. No, <laughs> just that you agree with the non-tanking thing. We're very anti-tanking on between Good. the stammers. Yeah. yeah, no, no tank. Just let the players play, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining me here, man. Matt, appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, maybe I can count on you again if Curb ever uh, ditches out on me. If he ever comes back from Asia. Nope. Yeah, if he ever comes back, that's a good point. He's busy being a giant there. He's a really yeah, tall guy. <laughs> he was he was there last year, and he was in China last year, and he said that everybody was just amazed by how tall he was. <laughs> and they were just like, who is this giant of a man? Must play basketball. <laughs> yeah, must play basketball. I mean, here he's like, you know, he's six foot four, which is like, it's it's a, it's a tall guy, but there's lots of other guys who are six foot four. There, no. There's nobody that's, you know, <laughs> six foot four. And if they are, they're on the national men's basketball yeah. team. <laughs> Uh, TJ, is there anywhere we can find you on social media? No, man, I stay off of it pretty good. Really? So I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing good to say to the internet. So you're <laughs> off. You're off I've, Facebook. You're off Instagram. Yeah, I uh, I have a Twitter, but uh, I don't ever post anything. I just use it to keep up to date. So. All right, all right. Well, you can find me at Art Aronson on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can also email us here on Between the Stammers at uh, Between the Stammers. You got to spell it out at gmail dot com. Uh, Send us uh, a thought if you have any questions or anything like that. We have yet to get anything. Yeah, our two listeners out there. Actually, there is there is one. We've had a few comments about um, my hating on Seattle, but the Seahawks. That I is. did want to get uh, Kirby's roast recipe. He was talking about a roast a couple the weeks roast, ago. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to it. It sounded pretty good. <laughs> I was yeah. Just before my lunch break, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I can go for a rose red bow. I now. feel like we could get that to you. <laughs> yeah. We could get that for you. Yeah, as a fee for filling in for him. Perfect. Yeah, a free recipe. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so the next uh, Between the Stammers hopefully be next Wednesday. Not sure if Caleb Kirby uh, will be in on it or not. Uh, if not, uh, we will have another guest, maybe TJ. Who knows if TJ's in for it. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs>